Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Revealing and unconcealing, what is it that is getting in the way of our potential as human beings? Exploring the power of the body-mind and our current relationship with reality. Together, I want to dive into an inquiry into what is happening in our world today and who we are being and how we are living in it, both individually and as a species. What is it that is keeping us stuck, causing us to repeat the same patterns and cycles? What is getting in the way of our potential and our evolution as a species? I'm Nikki Clinch, and I am your host. I will be sharing the science, research, and many human stories on why we are the way we are and what is required for us to outgrow our current way of being and birth a new possibility for ourselves. Because now is the time to remember and to discover our infinite potential of being human. Welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. I am Nikki Clinch, and I am your host. Thank you all so much for being here and for listening. Those of you who are new listeners and those of you who have been dedicated listeners since we launched this beautiful space, I hope that you have been finding the episodes useful. And if you are new here, please do go back and make sure that you listen to all the episodes before this, because every single episode is a golden nugget of education and just an important seeing and distinction that can help you really get a sense of why you may be struggling with the certain things that you do in life and a deeper understanding on, wow, what it is that's living us and keeping us stuck and keeping us blocked from our potential. So today's episode, I want to dive into a, a really interesting topic. I know I, I'm not the first to talk about such things, but I do think it it's it's a it's a worthwhile topic to continually dive into because it's not the sort of topic that you can just understand on a conceptual level, and that would be enough to have a fundamental impact in how you're actually living your life. To really allow this to create a shift on how we are living, we need to let it in experientially. So conceptually, you may hear some of the things that I say today and have heard them before. It is not new information, but information is not enough to create a fundamental shift in who we're being and how we live our life. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that understanding something is not enough to allow you to actually change how you experience your world, how you experience yourself, how you experience experience? Understanding is not enough. I think we are pretty addicted to understanding. And there's no judgment or blame in that. The nature of the human mind is survival-led. And what 
better way to feel like we have something to hold on to, something to give us a sense of control than allowing the mind to keep hooking onto more information and understanding as much as we can. In fact, the more we understand, the more it gives us a perceived sense of safety. But have you noticed that it is only a perceived sense of safety? It doesn't seem to be deep enough to impact how you experience yourself, how you experience your world, how you experience your lover, how you experience your job, how you experience your experience. Have you noticed you come out of a book and it's really blown your mind and you've really learned a lot, or you come out of a course and you really learned a lot of information, or maybe you learned a new strategy, or maybe you learned a new technique and it's really, really mind blowing and you're, you really, really get it. And it's really, it is really invaluable information. And then you're actually in the present moment of your life and you have to actually create the change in the present moment and that understanding in your brain mind doesn't seem to be enough to actually make you show up differently. It's not enough. We need to allow these teachings in experientially to distinguish them, to feel and see with consciousness all at once. So today I want to talk about time. I want to talk about dissolving time and the concept of time that keeps us human beings trapped. And I use that word purposefully, trapped indeed, because there is nothing more that kills aliveness than being trapped in time once again. When I first had my daughter, I have two children. I have a five-year-old and a 10-year-old. My daughter is my 10-year-old. And when she was born, I had such a profound moment when I was lying with her in bed. She was a newborn. And it really became clear to me that she doesn't exist in time yet. Time has not been conditioned into her brain mind because that's what time is. The kind of time that we are in relationship with fundamentally on the planet. No, she was completely beyond time. In fact, I would watch her just simply be in the present moment in her body. And it was quite extraordinary. You know that feeling if you're a mother or a father and you're listening to this and you've, you've you know, that mo those two weeks when you have the newborn, time stops. It's magical. Like I hear so many people say it when you're in the newborn bubble. Now, of course, the newborn bubble is, is an amalgamation of love and and overwhelm and, and kind of magnificence at the change that's happened with this new life that's entered your family or your life. But what also creates that magic is this absolute dissolving of time. You just are. It just is. We just are. It's like the world stops 
time stops and all we have is the present moment with each other. And in that present moment, there is a flow of aliveness that is available. In fact, flow can only be flow in the present, in the now. You may have a memory of flow when you're in your mind and you're stuck in time, but it's only a memory and a memory will never be alive. A memory will be a representation of aliveness, which is not the same thing. Representation of aliveness and experience of aliveness are two very different distinctions. And so in that newborn bubble, there is this deep sense of presence and flow. And it really, really does feel magical. I remember being, it was like I dropped into some kind of portal where there was just so much flow and life. And yet we were being still and living very simply because there was no time. Time had been dissolved. But we don't live in the present moment and in the flow of the present moment, do we? Not not predominantly. Most of the planet, I think it's not too big an assumption to make, is living in time. Morning, afternoon, evening, past, present, future. We're either thinking about the future or we're trying to get away from the past. The past is constantly giving us our future or giving us our present and we're lost in story, we're lost in time. And so we're gripped. Wow, it's so amazing. I was in the middle of the sentence and I looked out my window and there was this giant hawk that just swooped right past my window, just as I was saying that. That hawk is not living in time. It's not going, I need to fly from this side to that side by three (laughs) o'clock. No, that hawk is in the flow of life. How beautiful to see that out the window. We live in the grip of time. So let's actually dive into this. What is time? What is time from the context that we as a culture, and I say culture as in human being culture, that we as a culture have been conditioned and sculpted to live and be entangled it with and to be controlled by. There's no, there's no lighter way to say it. I, I want to dive into that kind of time first, and then I want to look at other possibilities of what time may be. So time, as soon as I say time, what's the first thing you think of? Maybe the first thing you think of will be a clock. And we look at the clock and it gives us time. But if you really, really dive into it, which we don't because it's a blind spot, we allow these minutes and hours and seconds to give us the structure of how we live our life. But what even is a minute? Can you, can you even hold a minute? What is a minute? What's an hour? What's a second? 
I mean, we definitely attach to the story and the picture and the idea of what a minute is and what an hour is and what a second is. But if you allow yourself to actually pierce that default setting and question, well, what even is a minute? What are you going to hold? What, what, what even is there? What, what's a minute? <laughs> there is no minute. But the ticking of the round thing with the two poles that point to what we call numbers, we call that a minute. You see, we don't ask ourselves these questions, do we? We don't ask ourselves these questions. We just live in time. We look at the clock or what we've been taught is a clock and you're, you're in kindergarten and you get shown something that's round with these numbers going round with these poles, or maybe not kindergarten, that's a bit young, but whenever you learn about time, you get shown it and you go, this is a clock. And so that's stored in the brain mind as what that round thing is. And then you're getting taught that what is the use of this clock is to tell us the time. And then that is the beginning of our conditioned relationship to time. And, and boy, does it run us. Boy, does it run us. It runs us and then we're being lived by it. That's one distinction I wanted to dissolve or blind spot I wanted to dissolve. Another one is past, present, and future. We have this perception that the past is back there somewhere far away if you're 44 and up like me. <laughs> the past is all the way back there and the future is all the way ahead of us and, and somehow it's linear. And we live as if that is real and true, don't we? We live as if the older that we get, the further away from the past we get. And the older we get, the closer to the future we get, and we live in that blind spot. But actually, it is a blind spot because where even is the past? Like, how is the past even in existence in any way, form, or whatsoever? In fact, there is no past and there is no future. The only place that past and future exist is in the mind, is in memory. There's no such thing as either. In fact, the only thing that is real and true is now. Or let's say the only place from which life is, is now. Everything else is a replay. When you think about the future, how could you possibly think about the future? Your thinking is given to you by your memory bank, and your memory bank is the past. And your memory bank is memories of the past. It's stored data. It's stored data and stored information. And that gives you your entire perception of past and future. But neither even exist. But boy, do they run us. Also, the human mind cannot distinguish between past or present. When the past floods or the memory of your past floods your body, floods your brain, floods your experience and colors your seeing, and you are re-experiencing something from when you were four, that's not happening in the past, like the way you think it is, like back there. No, it's happening now. 
Your past is here now when you get triggered, when you get activated. Your past is coloring your present now. If you go back and you refer to episodes one, two, three, and four, that's where I'm really teaching about the ontological distinctions of how past colors present. So again, that's a blind spot. We live as if the past and the future are are some kind of linear line. No, that's completely, that's an illusion, which is what a blind spot is. In fact, the past is in your memory bank and your memory bank is here right now. The past is in the frozen memory in your body and that's here right now. And then there's another blind spot. So what even is time? You know, time was made up by man. There was a time. (laughs) That's how we start stories. Once upon a time, there was. Back in the day, uh, before the railroads, they would have villages. And in order to be able to function inside that village or that town, there would be a, a, a clock, a village clock or a town clock so that you know, all the shops would know when they were going to open and they would all open somehow in sync or, you know, you would know when to, to set up your stall or deliver the bread, you know, in order to allow society to function within a village or a town, there would be a town clock. There was time created to serve societal functioning. And then they build the railroads. And then there were these things called trains or on the railway tracks that connected these towns and villages to each other. Well, then they really needed to use time to be able to sync up when what train was going to arrive when and when what train was going to leave when and when people needed to be standing there to catch that train from this town to that town to that village. And that was the beginning of the man-made story of time. It's man-made. It's a man-made construct. It was made in order to allow society to function in order. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually very useful at times. But what is the difference if you are using time to have value and use in your life versus time is living you and trapping you from living your life. They're two quite different distinctions. Time is a man-made construct and yet we lived by it every single day. When my little girl was a newborn baby, she was not run by time. She was experiencing life and all of its experience in the present. When my toddler wants to play, wants to dream, he is not in time yet. He has no sense of the time that we have been conditioned to believe yet. All he has is now, or he's starting to get yesterday and tomorrow. So, you know, he's five now. So his identity, his me has been formed. If you go back and listen to the episode one of brain development and, and, and our development is, 
in our sense of self, it is around five, four, five, six that me is formed in the mind, this self-image of who you think you are, the beginnings of it. And so he's now getting a sense that there's now, there's something that happened yesterday, and then there's something we're doing tomorrow, but that's about it. And then my daughter, Taya, is now really, really getting, I was going to say pulled into, but it's part of her development that she is now experiencing time. She still can't read a watch, but she has a sense of time now. So why is any of this of value? Why is diving into this and dissolving this of value? Because when we are stuck in time, past, future, projections and memories and the stories given by past and the projections of future, whenever we're stuck in time, being run by nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, one o'clock, do you notice how difficult it is to really experience flow? In fact, flow is not available in time because time only exists in the mind because it's a man-made construct. The story that we have been conditioned and that we as a species have made a collective agreement, it's part of the collective agreement of this current paradigm that we live with this story of time. And it's a collective agreement. And in fact, it, it's such an agreement that we are born into it and it becomes a blind spot. In fact, it is a blind spot and it becomes normal. How often do you actually go to a dinner party and go, did you realize that there's no such thing as a minute? <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> we just live in whatever we've agreed and we don't even realize we'd, we've agreed it. We just think it's normal. But when we're stuck and run by time, which is the mind, we can't access flow. And flow is where creativity is alive. In fact, creation can only happen in the present moment. Creation can only happen in the present moment. And it can only happen from the unknown. If you already know what you're doing, then you're not actually creating. You're repeating. You're mechanically repeating something. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's no aliveness in that. That's repetition. True creation is a flow of life force experientially that flows in the present moment, given by intention in service of birthing something new. That can only happen in the present moment and from the unknown. And both the present and the unknown only exist beyond time. How much are you run by needing to know? How many times have you turned something down that something in your intuition or your gut just 
tells you that you should do it or you want to do it or your heart's calling for you to do it, but you say no because you don't know what's going to happen or you need a guarantee or you need to know it's going to be okay or you need to know, no, no, no. Our attachment to knowing is completely entangled in our relationship of time. When actually, when we are fully in the present, there is only now. We don't know. We're in the unknown. And when we can start dancing from there, we can create anything. It's only your relationship to past that gives you the limitations of your future, which is time. But when you are in the present moment of now, you can create anything with no limitations. So one more thing I wanted to dive into is, you know, there is definitely something moving that appears as if there's change taking place. So really time is is a flow of change, of movement. There's definitely something changing because the seasons flow from one to the other. The sun and the planet rotate around each other to create night and day, or what we call night and day, but when the sun is, is appearing or when the sun is not appearing. So there's definitely something moving. Can you hear that that is experiential flow? It's not a story. A minute, an hour, and a second is a story. It's a concept. When you really allow yourself to experience the flow of movement, of change, that's experiential and very alive. And it's still happening in the present. My daughter goes to a Steiner school which is very different to standard education. And they don't get taught time like we get taught time. They, they don't get taught to read a clock or to read a watch. When she starts learning about time, she started being taught about the movement and change of the flow of life. They start experiencing through the body the movement from one season to another. They start to experience the change and flow of the universe as that, that is actually the experiential relationship to change, to time. But that's alive. That's not a, cons- that's not a construct. And so it's not that there isn't any kind of time It's just that the story and the conditioning that we have been run by, which is a blind spot, has been a story. It's a man-made construct. And we're so in that blind spot that it has so much power over us. Whatever is unconscious will have the power to live your life. Whatever you can be with, whatever you are conscious and can be with, will set you free. So here's a little exercise. As you let in this episode, take a moment or take a day or take a few days and really let it in as you become more conscious to your attachment to time. 
How often is your mind thinking either about the past or about the future? How much is your mind thinking about what minute or second or hour it is? How much are you run by it? And also, what is it even, what's the experience when you really let your awareness wander and inquire into this? Can you feel the limitations of it? It's like being in a box. It's like we're looking for flow where there is no flow. And then I guess there's a third question I want to ask you. What's there for you if you really let this in and let time go? Now, that doesn't mean that you don't need to get your kids to school by nine o'clock or you don't have to you know, show up for your meeting at one. You can still use time, but know that it's a story. You can use it rather than it using you. So the third inquiry question is what's there for you if you really let this in, which means letting it all go. Because it may be that time has kept you stuck whilst also protected you from experiencing the deep vulnerability of letting go of control and any emotions that are there around surrender and letting go, letting go of control. So that's a few inquiry questions to take with you, which I think will serve you well. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it has served you. I hope it has benefited you. If you are finding these episodes useful, please do share them with as many people as you can far and wide. If you are human, this relates to you. This is for human being and it it is helpful to all human beings because we are all run by all these distinctions, all these blind spots. And if you want to support the podcast, please do head over to Apple and give us a star rating and write us a review. It's the best way you can support this podcast because that's how Apple will spread it far and wide and start putting it in front of people that may never discover such conversations. So thank you all so much. It's really wonderful to have you here and to be in this space with you. It means so much to me. Thank you for listening. This is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast, and I am Nikki Clinch. Thank you so much for listening to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with Nikki Clinch. That's me, your host. If you are interested in understanding in a much more deeper way why we are the way we are as human beings, why your life unfolds the way it does, and how to access this extraordinary power and potential that is already there within you, within all of us actually, that you are curious and interested in how to access it, how to embody it, and how to start living it. And whilst discovering all these things about us as human beings and our infinite potential of being human, hopefully answering some unanswered questions as to what is happening in our world today. If this is what is calling you, then please do download our free three-day masterclass, Breaking the Cycle of Repeating Patterns in Your Life, Relationships and Business. Or you can head to our website, www.nikkiclinch.com and enjoy yourself with all the information, checking out the courses and the workshops and our offerings on there. Thank you so much for listening.